Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire, 315-437-7644. We want to hear from you. We have just one guest lined up for you today. Uh, We've actually already spoken with that guest. We caught up with uh, Alan Griffin a little bit earlier today. Uh, He's tied up at the moment, but uh, Seth talked with Coach Griffin a a short time ago while I was at the Carrier Dome doing some other things for Channel 9, so we'll play that interview for you at some point here during hour number one. Uh, But we want to hear from you. We want to talk a lot of basketball again today, continue the conversation from yesterday as we start to look ahead to BC tomorrow night in Chestnut Hill, as we continue to look ahead to the ACC tournament And what is beyond the ACC tournament? Is that the NCAAs? Is that the NIT? We're going to talk a lot of bubble talk today on the show. And again, your phone calls welcome at any time, 437-7644. The big news from last night in college basketball in the ACC, Virginia Tech beats Duke. Virginia Tech is officially in the tournament. Maybe not officially. Virginia Tech is going to the NCAA tournament. You, You look at what they have accomplished, especially of late, they have wins this season, Seth, over North Carolina, Duke, Clemson, and Miami, I believe. Is it Miami? I wrote down Duke twice. They didn't beat Duke twice. No. Oh, Virginia. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, they beat it was Virginia. UNC, Duke, Clemson, and at Virginia. They're in. This team's going to the NCAA tournament, They're no in. doubt about it. So people well, were saying last they night. Were going, they were probably going they without were in good the shape. win last night. They were in good but, shape before that game. But much now better shape now. Now they might be an 8 seed, maybe a 7 seed. They're I mean, definitely they're in. in. Um, people were asking me last night, is this good news for Syracuse, bad news for Syracuse? Doesn't I think matter. it's Well, I think it's good news in that you beat Virginia Tech, and if Virginia Tech improves its resume, maybe that helps improve your resume a little bit. Now, they're probably not going to get into the top 50. I think they're 57 right now in terms of the RPI, so it's probably not going to be a top 50 RPI win. But it doesn't matter. But again, matter. they've changed... Right. Yeah. Uh, that's That was my point. Is they've changed it anyway, and it was... In the dome, so in order for it to be a quadrant one, it would have to be in the top thirty. Virginia Tech certainly not getting to the top thirty, but I think where it helps Syracuse is when you start com- comparing their resumes with with other teams on the bubble. And namely, I want to start the show by comparing Syracuse's resume to Louisville because you and I did this before the show. We looked at the the bracket matrix. I know you're big into that. Some people follow, you know, Joe Lenardi, and and he's one guy. The bracket matrix. Takes into account what essentially a hundred different yeah. bracketologies from around the country, more than a hundred brackets, and uh, and blends yeah. them together, averages them out. So, just in terms of ACC teams right now, who is a lock right now out of the ACC? Well, according to the bracket matrix, Virginia is not only a one seed but the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Duke is a two seed, Carolina a two seed, Clemson a four seed. Then you get to the teams that you know were on the bubble but have played their way in. Florida State is an eight seed in the bracket matrix. Miami safe. a nine. Safe. NC State a nine. Virginia Tech going into last night was a ten. They are now safe. They're, they've moved up, you would think, to an eight or nine. So that leaves Louisville as right now an 11 seed, according to the bracket matrix, second to last team in. Syracuse, second to last team out. 
So let's look at these two resumes, Seth, as we start the show today. And again, phone lines are open if you'd like to check in at 437-7644. So Louisville has three Quadrant 1 wins. Syracuse has two. But you look at who Louisville has beaten. Louisville really hasn't beaten anybody good this year. Their best wins, best wins for Louisville, they beat Virginia Tech twice and they beat Florida State. Those are their two best wins. Syracuse won at Louisville, won at Miami, Virginia Tech and Buffalo. So comparable wins, but they beat Louisville head-to-head at the KFC Yum Center. And they probably have a, one more win that you would throw into the good win category. Again, Buffalo's RPI is 36. So they've got three ACC wins that are pretty good. And they've got Buffalo in there as well. And they've got one more big opportunity, as we all know, Clemson on Saturday. Louisville's got two more Quadrant 1 games coming up. They play uh, Virginia, and then they close out uh, at North Carolina State, which would be a Quadrant 1 game. Yeah, and look, I, I here's what it comes down to for me. They, they've got more Quadrant 1 wins. Okay, that's fine. Uh, what it really comes down to for me is that Louisville's resume right now is built on the back of um, a lot of wins over bad teams, right? Like let's let's just be straightforward. They're 14 and 0 against quadrant 3 and 4. They've only got 19 wins. Um, you know, Syracuse, they've got they've only got 18 wins, right? But uh 6 of them are, are or I should say 12 of those are against 3 and 4. So it feels to me that Louisville's resume is a little bit more propped up by teams at the bottom, right? And if Syracuse had won those two quadrant three games that they lost, right, at Wake Forest and at Georgia Tech, they've got 20 wins already, and yeah, uh, 14 of those are coming in, in quadrant three or four, but they're at 20 wins, and you're probably not talking about it at this point because they are they would already be 20 and nine. So I, I think that there's a difference between squeaking by and getting to 20 with, you know, three quarters of those wins coming against quadrant three and four teams, and, and you know, you don't know if Memphis is going to stay at quadrant three two or, or fall to quadrant three, which means they could end up with 15 wins in quadrant three and four. I, I think that's the big difference to me. Louisville has their resume propped up on these wins against lesser teams, and then their wins at the top aren't as good. Syracuse has three wins better than Louisville's best win. And so when I look at all of that combined, I, I don't I I understand in a vacuum putting Syracuse in and and in a, uh, putting Syracuse out and in a vacuum putting Louisville in, but I don't understand putting Louisville in and Syracuse out when you're comparing those two. So we feel like again, according to the bracket matrix, there are eight teams in the ACC that are locks, and then there's Louisville that's on the bubble, Syracuse on the bubble, Notre Dame is is way down now. Bonzi Colson's coming back. Could they go on a run in Brooklyn, play their way in? Of course they could, but as it stands right now, eight are in, Louisville and Syracuse are up in the air. I agree with you with everything you just said. I think Syracuse has slightly better wins. Louisville has played a softer schedule, by and large. I'm going to throw another thing out there, Seth. How about the fact that Louisville has gotten absolutely drilled by two opponents? They lost by 29 to Kentucky. They lost by 26 to Duke. Syracuse really hasn't been blown out. Now, the, you know, the biggest losses were you know Duke and Virginia. They were out of those games. The, the, the second Kansas Virginia game. Again, they weren't really out of that. I mean, it was a seven-point game midway through the second half. But they, you're right. They weren't going to win that. Um, what was the final spread in that game? It was like 13 points, something like that. I mean, they didn't get blown out. I don't I don't have it in front of me. I, I'll, I'll find it. I'll call it up as we're talking here. Uh, Kansas, Kansas was 12. 16. 
7664. It's 12. Oh, then the score is wrong on this one that I'm looking at. Oh no, you you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. I was looking to the wrong place. You're right. It was 16. 7660. Um again, didn't get blown out. You they didn't have a chance to win the game down the stretch. But but that's been the worst loss Syracuse had to, to Duke, points. Virginia, Kansas, and they were right. They were, you know, double digits, but certainly not 29 or 26. So again, like when I compare these two resumes like next to each other, I like SU's resume better. I do too. No, I I absolutely like Syracuse's over Louisville, and and that's why I think this comparison is interesting. They're in the same conference. They you know conference schedules are they unbalanced. played each other. I I understand conference schedules are unbalanced, but you played from for the most part the same teams. Uh, you know, and and when you look at the resumes, on top of the fact that they played each other and Syracuse won on the opposed on the other team's home court, uh, like that. You look at Louisville's resume; and it's just propped up by wins over bad teams. Um, like I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's where I am with Louisville. Like I'm, I'm not sure if they're actually good or if they've propped themselves up with wins over these bad teams. That they've got 14 of 19 wins over teams in in the bottom half of the country as far as the RPI goes. But again, I mean, we saw them play Syracuse in their own building. And, yes. and Syracuse won that game. So you say, I don't know if they're good. I mean, we feel like Syracuse is kind of a middle-of-the-road team. I think Louisville is very much a middle-of-the-road team. They have not done anything. Like, has Louisville played its way into the tournament? No. And they're going to have two opportunities here, two huge games, Virginia and at NC State. And if they can pick up one of these and move to, you know, 10-8 and eight in conference play, then you have a hard time leaving them out. I mean, if you're better than 500 in this conference – you're gonna have a hard time leaving them out. If they finish nine and nine, though, and if Syracuse can get the nine and nine, I'd take Syracuse over Louisville. I would, and, too. and it wouldn't even be much. You know, I wouldn't even struggle with that if I was the committee. Look, I I would take Syracuse over Louisville as well. Uh, I mean, it's 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 not that difficult a, de- a decision for me. Um, you know, is 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 Louisville gonna go and win their last two or split their last two against North Carolina and Miami at home? To get to nine and nine, if they split, they're at nine and nine. I, I mean, are, are they going to finish with the same record? Is it going to be that easy uh, to look at? And if they finish with the same record, um, or actually, sorry, they have to lose out. And if, yeah, and if they got, lose out, Louisville's got Virginia and NC State left. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm looking at Miami's schedule here. Yeah, Louisville's they, got Virginia and NC but they, at NC State, but they've got to lose out. Are they going to lose out against that schedule? Well, they're probably not going to beat Virginia. And then that's a big game to close out the regular season. Just like Syracuse has Clemson, and what an opportunity that would be! It's it's a quadrant one opportunity for Louisville as well. Yeah, NC State's within the top is. seventy-five, so you go on the road, you beat them. That's again, that's another notch in your belt that you can put on that resume and say another quadrant one win. They've already got three of those. It would be number four. So yep. Saturday. Syracuse has to take care of business tomorrow, obviously. But assuming they do, and assuming Louisville loses to Virginia, Saturday is going to be an enormous day on how this whole thing plays itself out. So here's the interesting question. If Syracuse wins out, right, if they win their two, if they beat Boston College, they beat Clemson, then they're at 20-11, and 11, and they're at 9-9 nine and nine in conference. If Louisville loses their two, they lose against Virginia at home, they lose at NC State, they're 20-11, and 11, or they're nineteen and they would be nineteen, 19 and, 12 and twelve, yeah, and nine and nine in the conference. And you played them head to head. So you've got and you beat them. You've got very similar resumes. You've got three wins that are better than their best win, and you beat them head to head. It would be a fourth because you'd have Clemson. Because you'd have Clemson. So you've got four wins that would be better than their best win. 
I don't I don't see this discussion going very far. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm sitting here as a Syracuse alum or sitting here as somebody who's watched the Syracuse team all, all year. But I, I don't see how on paper those two resumes are are close. Well, again, and, and I don't either. And it's it's interesting to to point it out because, you know, you've brought this up a few times. You're not the only one that, you know, the ACC is not the ACC from the last few years. And that, that's probably true. But we but just eight teams are in. Te- yeah. I, I mean, eight teams are in and they're probably getting a ninth, you would think. They either, will, either yeah. Louisville or Syracuse. So they're probably getting nine teams in and it feels like to some, a down year in the ACC. And I, I know where you're coming from with that. And Notre Dame, you know, started the year in the top 25. They were ravaged by injuries. You know, they're they're on the wrong side of the bubble right now. And that's, you know, that would have been the 10th team, right? Like, if Notre Dame was a top 25 team, they'd be in the tournament. And then you'd be talking about, all right, well, nine are in. Well, but they'd be in the tournament, but would Louisville or Syracuse? Right. I'm saying nine would be in, and then maybe you get a 10th. Right now, eight are in. Maybe you're going to get a ninth. Notre Dame season didn't go the way and, that it should have. And if Notre Dame goes and wins some games next week, I don't think they're totally out of it yet. I don't think they're in good position by any means, and they would probably have to go to the ACC tournament final uh, at the very least, if not win the thing. Uh, but like they're there, right? Like they've put they've they've treaded water enough that you can go to Brooklyn and say, well, if they do a couple of things, and they've got the whole you know Bonzi Colson has been out in exactly. their back pocket, and now he's back, and we know that the committee takes that that kind of thing into account. So you're right. If they go and on a run down to Brooklyn tonight or tomorrow night, they play. Um, I he's don't, playing. He's playing in he, their next he's, game, and he's then he's, and then he's going to play this weekend. So he's going to get two games before they go to the ACC tournament. Yeah, so we'll get to see what Notre Dame looks like at full strength, and it's it's been a while. And you know that team has a lot of talent, and if if they can get back to full strength, and if you know it sounds like Bonzi Colson uh, is back, who knows? You know maybe they do go on a run down in Brooklyn. My computer's not cooperating. I was trying to pull that up for you. When they play, yeah, it's not important. Uh, it is not tonight. Miami Carolina is the only ACC game tonight. They do play tomorrow against Pittsburgh. That is quite a doubleheader we've home. got on the uh, the ACC network. And Clemson plays uh, as well tomorrow against Florida State. Tuning up for that Syracuse game, and then of course SUBC the uh, the late start time, the the third nine o'clock start time of the season yeah, for it's, Syracuse. It's the doubleheader with Pitt Notre Dame. Don't you want to sit in? Through that doubleheader? No, I'll just tune in for the second part of it. Uh, shall we take our first time out? Full lines yes. are open. If you'd like to check in, 315-437-7644. Again, Seth caught up with Alan Griffin a little bit earlier today. We'll play that interview uh, back for you here at some point during hour number one. Got to take our first time out. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Seth, you weren't focused there during the break. It's time for today's business. Our take on there the day's go. top stories. I like that rejoin, though. today's business on Orange Nation. That's better. It's brought to you every day by Grossman, St. Amore, CPAs. Uh, Max is back. Segment's already off to a bad start. Try to save us, Max. <laughs> oh, we didn't get to this yesterday. There was a lot going on. But Blake Bortles, my guy. After leading the Jags to the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, re-signs a three-year, $54 million contract with $26.5 million guaranteed. So funny. Awesome. Is this not awesome? Like, the Jags, how confident are you if you're Jacksonville in that defense that you're like, yeah, we'll take Blake Bortles for two more years? I'm not confident he's going to be their starting quarterback this year, and they just gave him $18 million. So it's a Mike Glennon deal where it's like, yeah, you can come play, and then if we get someone better, we'll just put them in. Yeah. 
I, look, and the Tyrod Bears just Taylor did. get that. I mean, wasn't yes. that the Tyrod Taylor? That's treatment? exactly what Tyrod. What did, did Tyrod get though? Twenty-one and a half or something. I'm, I'm surprised. Tyrod started. Seth and I were talking about this during the break. I'm not surprised someone is paying Blake Bortles. I am surprised that Jacksonville is paying Blake Bortles because you got the feeling all season long that like Doug Marone was looking for any reason like to any, not play. That's him. what it felt like. Yeah, that he was just it? like okay, I'm just waiting for him to crumble. And you felt like, like that team got to the AFC title game in spite of. Blake Bortles, not because of him. And for them to, you know, sign on for, you know, as you said, it's probably two more years, you know. Yeah, it's and, more likely two more years because there's a third year option, but he still gets 26 and a half guaranteed. I, I, was, I was surprised by that, that they're like, yeah, okay, let's do it again. Sure, let's do not? it for two more years. I yeah. mean, hey, they made it to the AFC Championship. That's probably the argument that his agent had coming in there for that contract here's negotiation. A, here's, here's my question, though, okay? Can you beat the Patriots with Blake Bortles as your quarterback? No, but you almost did. Okay. But you didn't. So you're telling me that the ceiling is to do what you did last year and lose in the AFC title game? Well, no, because they could have won that game. They could have won. That was a winnable game, and it wasn't Blake Bortles' fault, You don't think they could have won that game? No, Steve just knows they weren't going to win that game. I mean, no, they had no chance of winning, but the game started and they were in the game. They were winning for three quarters. Yeah. (laughs) And then they I lost mean, on the last possession. Would you say Jacksonville was the second best team in the AFC? No. Okay. So my point is, is like but the best they... you can hope for is essentially what we just saw. Yeah. If Blake Bortles is your quarterback, right? Right. So that's what surprises me. What's the definition of insanity? Yeah, to you know do it all over again and, and you know do it over and over result. again and, and expect a different outcome. Yeah. Um, you're not going to get a better outcome than that. You might get a different outcome. You might lose in the wild card game next year. You're not going to get a different outcome than that in terms of a no, better outcome. The Jags so, were solely in that position because of their defense. Yeah. And Bortles, all he had to do and what she did was, I was comparing it to like A.J. McCarron at Alabama, like when they were nasty. Hand the ball off. Just hand the ball off, throw your little check downs, and play a, play a clean game and let that let your other teammates isn't take that, care of it for you. Isn't that like typical Doug Marone? Like, what was the big knock against Marone? Was he, he was at SU. He loved to punt, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like on fourth and two at the 50, he loved to punt. Isn't that kind of what signing Blake Bortles on for two or three more years is? Well, that's it's what like, he did in the game well, in Foxborough. We're good enough. Like, let's... <laughs> Let's let's punt. Why does let's this play say, it safe. Why does, hold on? Why does this surprise you? I'm That's saying, literally it's, what it's he did in Foxborough. It's a very Doug Marone thing to yeah. do. But if you want to be great, like you got to take some risk. And signing up Blake Bortles for another couple of years, in my opinion, that I mean, that's it's not the huge, blueprint to win. It's a huge no. risk. You know how he celebrated? Who Doug Marone had no. a glass of milk? I no. don't know. What? Blake no. Bortles? Oh. No, Pop Bortles. Obviously. Jeez. Oh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's move on to the next topic before Seth rattles off another horrible dad joke. I wouldn't even expect that from Steve. I mean, jeez. How old do you think I am? I know how old you are. Okay, fine. I'm not going to say it on the air. Well, no, I said it on the air. I don't care. What are you, 40? You're 43, right? Oh, see? <laughs> Dude, I don't, need you, I don't need you to be overestimating at this point in my life. Played on, 42. You played oh, on that on. London Championship yeah. team back in the 60s, the 60s right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on. All right, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our boy, Pat Beeline, who just won Coach of the Year for Division Two. He has led, yeah. the, led the LeMoyne Dolphins to an outstanding year, outstanding individual. Always love talking to him every Friday, so quick shout-out to him. But, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, definitely great. Um, but moving on, because we didn't get to get to this really today, and I wanted to give some time and attention to the BC game, because a little programming note, there will be no Orange Nation tomorrow, because the Crunch have a game at 11 a.m., so... Previews, predictions, what do we got for BC? 
um, at Boston College. It's going to be very hard for the Orange to replicate their performance from the last time they played. Um, it, yeah, I, I think it just will be. Um, Syracuse, I think, played very well when they played BC in the Dome. Um, they shot incredibly well. They shot something like 60% from the field. Uh, they held BC relatively in check, and even at that, Boston College hit 48% of their threes. I don't know. I think it's going to be really difficult for them to replicate what they did, and, and Syracuse put up 81 points in the Dome and, and won. Um, but they have to if they want their... In, in my mind, they have to win if they really want like a deep shot at the tournament. Um, I I don't... I can't sit here and say I think they'll go into Boston College and win. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna I, say it's a. T- I don't like, feel confident picking them. Like it's one of those games where it's like you think they're gonna win and you think they should win, but I always think like what's the what's the kryptonite to like Syracuse's zone and it's like a good backcourt. And this is the best. And this backcourt is the best backcourt in the conference. So it's like, and again, like you said, they shot like sixty percent from the field. You're not gonna do that again. Chances are, like, and BC's played very well at home. They've beaten Duke at home. We know that. Uh, they've beaten Florida State at home. They've beaten Miami at home. They have six conference wins. Five of them are in Chestnut Hill. So they play well at home. I- I'm going to say this right now. I think SU's winning the next two games, and I think they're going to be close. I don't think they're going to win both. All right. I don't uh, know which one they're going to lose. They might lose both. I don't think they're winning both of them. Again, I, my gut says backs against the, this team has been scrappy. This team has has fought every step of the way. I think they're better than BC. I, everything you're saying is right. They've got a great backcourt. Those guys can shoot the heck out of the basketball. I think Syracuse is winning both these games. And it took a perfect offensive performance for Syracuse to win last time. And well, it took it wasn't close it took, though. And I it mean, took twelve out of eight. And it took it took twelve and eight from Dolajai to, to win that game. Like I, I just I don't know. Well, it's like it's, and BC couldn't miss for the first five minutes, and the game wasn't close at the end. No, it wasn't. No, so not at all. to say that, well, they you know they they shot sixty percent and they won by two. That's different than shooting sixty percent and winning comfortably. No, but it's also in your home court. Yeah, they won by eighteen points. So it yeah. wasn't like they needed you know they didn't need to shoot sixty percent. They just they, they did. I just think this is a no, game. They you, didn't they won no, by eighteen? No, yeah. I was saying oh. you were saying they they didn't need to. Okay, I was saying, you yeah, it, they just you did. made it sound like they they <laughs> no, you know they, no. they, they they were Villanova in the national title game against <laughs> no, Georgetown. No, like they, no, no, that was not the case. No, but no, Steve, just, you know I've I've said this all year, and I, I know you you've heard me say this, and you said I bring this up because you said the the the, the they're scrappy and they fight and the whole thing, and, and they are they're scrappy, they fight, they they die for loose balls, they they rebound, their backs are up against the wall, and I'm sure that'll mean something. Uh, but what have we seen over the course of this year? Like at the end of the day. You have no idea what team's going to well, come out. No, at the end of the day, they're just not that good, right? Like at the end of the day, like they're just not good enough. BC's not that good either. No, they're I know. Sixteen and thirteen. Yeah. I know. They've won I'm six conferences. They're better than that. They're. I think. I think that Syracuse is better I than think Boston Syracuse College. Syracuse wins tomorrow. You asked me for my opinion. This is my opinion. I think Syracuse wins tomorrow. And then we know what's on the line Saturday. It's going to be a home game. There's going to be a big crowd. Clemson's a little banged up. Everything's on the line for Syracuse. Teams tend to play better when their backs are against the wall. It's a home game. Syracuse has played better at home. Jersey retirement. Jersey retirement. I think they win both. Okay. I mean, look what happened when North Carolina came to the Carry Dome and there was a big crowd there. They almost pulled that out and they played horribly. Like, they played awful. Today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amour CPA is located in downtown Syracuse. Grossman St. Amour CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning, tax preparation services, and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize the financial opportunities for your business online 
at gsacpas.com. One final time out. Wrap up the show right after this. I'm singing happy birthday after this. No, you're not. Nobody wants to hear that. (laughs) 